Hey bosses, this week's episode is brought to you by Shopify. If you have ever wanted to start a e-commerce store or a dropshipping store, go ahead and go to shopify.com slash johnnyfd. And right now, during this COVID crisis, they're extending their free trial from 14 days all the way to 90 full days. So get three months for free by going to shopify.com slash johnnyfd. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, where we interview location-independent entrepreneurs that travel the world like a boss by being their own boss. Here's your host, Johnny FD. All right, guys. So welcome to the show. I'm in Sri Lanka, and I am on my 14th day of complete lockdown, quarantine, mandatory stay-at-home, curfew, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I do know that most of us are misusing the word quarantine because that really means you know you're forced to stay home under super, like probably medical supervision. But kind of self isolation or quarantine, mo- what most of us are going through uh, is more of a mandatory stay at home. And some people uh, in different countries can still go out grocery shopping or go for a walk. So the situation is really different depending on where you are in the world. And that's why I wanted to have on uh, a special episode where I can hear from. A a bunch of you what the situation is like where you're currently at. So all of us are digital nomads, we travel full time and we work online or at least we're trying to. So I wanted to see how that has changed everybody's situation. So I put a call out on my Facebook, on my Instagram, on my Twitter and on my email list. If you want to take part next time, make sure you sign up for those. So just look for Johnny FDK on any of those platforms and definitely sign up for the email list at johnnyfd.com. That's where I send out almost daily emails now, especially that I have a lot of time with what I've been up to. So lots happening there. And the seven questions I had asked everybody was, what's your name? Where are you from? Where are you currently at? And what is the curfew or quarantine situation like where you are? You know, if you're able to continue working online, if you're earning money or not, and how your travel plans have changed, and then some kind of fun things. You know, is there anything you're grateful for now? Is there anything else that you want to put in? So we've had on a bunch of submissions uh, from all around the world. So I would love for you to meet some of those guests, some of the listeners of this podcast, just like you. And I would love for all of you to take part next time. So if you want to send yours in, go ahead and email it to media at johnnyfd.com. And if we get a bunch more, maybe I'll put it on the next episode or even have a part two. So without further ado, here is our first of many guests today. My name is Alana Zivanovic and I am in Hawke's Bay, New Zealand on day 14 of a two-week mandatory quarantine having come into the country from the UK due to COVID-19. Thankfully, I am able to continue working online during this time. However, my travel plans have significantly changed. I was in the middle of a move to New York City as this pandemic was unfolding, so those plans are on hold for the meantime. I feel grateful for so many things, especially loved ones, family and friends. I feel grateful for health. I feel grateful to be able to walk outside for the roof over my head, for food, for the work, for my guitar. I love to sing and play and write music. So many things that I'm grateful for. And the New Zealand government, uh, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is doing a phenomenal job having put the country into lockdown for a month with less than 300 confirmed cases of COVID-19. So... So many things to be grateful for. And my question is, when this is all over and we have our new normal, as they're calling it, what are you looking forward to? Well, thanks so much for recording that and sending it in. It's it's such a strange connected world we live in now where when I saw your name, I just assumed you were Russian. And then I heard your accent and I was like, she is definitely Kiwi. And then you said the UK and you moved to New York. 
And it really just shows how interconnected this whole world is and how small it's become, especially as people who can work online and the ease of, of movement. And what I'm most scared of is if that is going to slow down even once this whole pandemic ends. I really hope that countries don't keep their borders closed longer than they need to or develop fears of, of expats or travelers coming in. Uh, but I'm really, really happy for governments who have locked down both travel, but also social activities and other things that can spread the virus early and quickly. Here in Sri Lanka, they locked down the country before they even had 100 cases, before they even had their first death. And a lot of people thought that was overreacting, uh, but I was really happy they did it because as someone who was here on this island for two months now, I didn't want to see more uh, tourists coming in uh, that might be carrying the disease uh, with the virus from other countries and then not only spreading it, but also making locals fearful of foreigners or tourists. And we had experienced that for a few days because the news outlets here, you know, basically warned people to stay away from foreigners. And, and it was a really, really strange thing. It was the first time uh, a lot of Europeans have ever experienced any kind of, not necessarily racism, um, but judgment based on their skin color. And it was almost strange talking to them about it because, uh, you know, you would have a blonde white girl from... Uh, you know, Germany or, you know, the U.S. or Canada and who's gone her whole life with, you know, never being stereotyped. And all of a sudden she says, you know, somebody was yelling, you know, foreigner go home <laughs> across the street. And it was a type of, you know, of judgment based on the way someone looks that a lot of people have never experienced. But maybe that's actually an unintended kind of bonus where after this whole crisis ends, maybe we would all have a bit more empathy for everyone else in the world. Because this is the first time that the entire world has gone through one negative event at the same time. I mean, sure, there was you know World War One and World War Two, but not every single person was involved. Only the people who were you know overseas fighting in general, or the people who you know were unluckily in places where the war came to them. But there were plenty of people in the world who you know basically sat it out and, and waited for it to end. Uh, and even then you had the two sides. So not everybody was united that way. With COVID-19, this is literally the first time every single person in the world is affected, their lives are affected, whether they choose or not. And one thing I am looking forward to when all this ends is hopefully having good things come out of it, whether it's a new norm of remote working, which a lot of companies have already instilled, maybe better sanitation and, and health safety for not only hygiene practices of certain countries, but even the fact that airlines for the first time ever have really been cleaning the airplanes. And I, and I know they say they do, but I really didn't think that they were cleaning tray tables or uh, seat backs between flights. But now I think they have to. So I think there are going to be some good things that are going to eventually come out of this. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing your journey. This is Jan. Currently, I'm in Mexico City. Uh, situation here is still quite normal. So life goes on normal. The only thing that's forbidden uh, are gatherings of 100 plus people and uh, public institutions like museums are closed and also bars and clubs uh, are closed because of the 100 plus uh, rule and the government tells you you should be at home after 6 p.m. but it's not a mandatory uh, thing and I can still continue to work online because that's what I'm doing 
any way my business is actually doing a little bit better because now everybody is online and is buying my digital products. But my travel plans have drastically changed. Usually I live in the Philippines, but I went to South Africa to visit a friend uh, for her birthday. While I was there, Philippines closed uh, its borders. So I changed my flight to Bangkok, but Thailand closed its borders uh, on the day of my flight. Uh, unfortunately, I told this to uh, the airline, so they didn't let me board, but I was already stamped out of the country. So I had to sleep in the airport prison uh, overnight to take the last flight out of South Africa through Ethiopia with Ethiopian Airlines to Frankfurt. And from there, I booked the flight straight to Mexico because I have friends here and I feel more comfortable uh, than in Germany to uh, go through the situation. And what I'm really grateful for is my passport because uh, on that flight, there were many people that are now stuck in Ethiopia because uh, their passport doesn't allow them to go anywhere where there's still a flight going to. So, yeah, my passport allowed me to travel through Europe and the others are now stuck in Ethiopia uh, where they have to go through all this uh, COVID-19 mess. So, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for my passport. Wow, I was just trying to mentally map out that flight route and it seemed so crazy. And I do agree that we are so fortunate, uh, most of us listening, to be from a country. I mean, first off, that we can speak English, which is a universal travel language. And then second, most of us have passports where we can go to a lot of countries in the world. And if you're from a country where you have a, you know, very limited access, I'm really, really sorry. It, it sucks. And I think a lot of times we don't really think of that privilege that we have uh, as an American or as a European of how many places we can go. However, there's a saying from Nomad Capitalist that I really like, and it's simply, go where you are treated best. So if I was from, for example, South Africa, and my passport required me to, to get visas for places like Australia or a places in the EU, I would probably skip those until last. I would rather go to maybe the Bahamas, where I can get three months for free of just showing up, or even Barbados, where I can get six months, maybe South America. Brazil, where I can get three months for free, Chile, Indonesia, Ireland, South Korea, or even Russia, where as an American, I actually do need to get a visa to visit there. But as a South African, visas are not required and you get three months for free. So I do believe that we all have our privileges where there are some things that are easier for us and then some things that are going to be more difficult. And it doesn't mean that if it's difficult, I just won't do it. It's that I'll weigh the pros and cons and I'll think... Is this something I really need to do just because other people are going there or it's a hot spot? Or is there something that I would enjoy either just as much or maybe more and maybe it would be easier based on the privileges that I was born with, whether it's the language I speak or the passport I hold or even the way I look. So I'm really glad that you ended up uh, somewhere that you have friends and you feel safe. Uh, it's funny that you say that you didn't want to stay in Germany during this crisis. And I wonder how many of us don't want to stay either in our home country or somewhere close to it. Uh, I can't tell by your name and your, and your voice if you're German or maybe Dutch, but uh, you said you're European. I wonder how many Europeans are listening to this don't want to go back to Europe during this crisis or how many Americans I know that don't want to spend this pandemic back in the U.S. I know I'm one of them. 
And it's a tough situation because as digital nomads, especially for full-time travelers, a lot of us have no home base. A lot of us don't have a place we call home. Some of us aren't very close to our families. Some of us live completely out of our carry-on luggage and there is no, no other option. And I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about this later, uh, but I wonder if this is going to be a reoccurring theme with other people we're going to hear from. My name's Karen Stephen. I am currently in Aberdeen, Scotland, which is where I am originally from. The situation in the UK is that we can leave our house only to exercise once a day, to go out for essential items from the stores, but we're encouraged to shop online and to take care of anyone that's vulnerable or go to work if you're a key worker. So mainly we're staying inside, but there is a few reasons that we can go outside, which is very good for mental health. I continue to work online because I teach yoga online and that's actually taken off. And a few of my other jobs, the organizations are still working. So I am continuing to make money where I am. My travel plans massively changed as I was in India and was due to stay there for another few months and travel around Asia. But I decided to come back to the UK because um, my yoga course was cancelled and it didn't make sense to stay in India when everything looked so uncertain. So I came back to the UK. I am totally grateful for the ability to have somewhere to stay, to be near my family, and still to be able to work online, to make money, and to connect with others through the wonder of the internet. Um, I'd like to know how everyone else is in this environment and how everyone is dealing with the uncertainty and whether there is anything we can bring to the community together or work on together at this time to lift everybody's spirits and keep everyone on high vibes. Thanks. Thanks for that update, Karen. And I'm glad you're back home uh, in the UK and not in India right now. Uh, I was just reading uh, on some news reports saying that in the big cities in India, they literally just the other day started having uh, business closures and other things put in place. And the problem is there's a lot of migrant workers who come from small villages that work in the big cities. And all those people were displaced all of a sudden. All of them lost their wages. Um, a lot of them were making 3 or $4 a day, which they mostly send back to their family. And they rely on their employers to provide them food and housing while they're working. And all of a sudden, overnight, tens of thousands of them or more were stuck in these big cities, were nowhere to go, no income. And a lot of the transportation just wasn't enough to get home. So there are stories of people walking for four days just to get back to their village. And it makes me really appreciative of both the life that we have of being able to work online and having our biggest complaint being that we're bored or that we want to travel or we want to go out versus having real health and safety concerns that people who are not in our position have grown up with. So I'm very, very curious what we can do to help uh, people like this, maybe in our local neighborhoods, in our own country, or even worldwide. And hopefully podcasts like this just open our minds to how other people are living, uh, what they're going through, what the situation is like. And also remember, things change so quickly. Just three days ago, I was speaking to a friend who was living on a beach in Goa, 
which is kind of the party yoga area of India where a lot of foreigners go. And she said it was fantastic. She says that it wasn't a big deal there, that everyone was going out to the beach and having fun. And literally the next day, she messaged me saying, party's over. They kicked everyone off the beach. It's under complete lockdown. And that was just a, a good reminder that just because where you are right now isn't taking it seriously yet, or you hear about a country or a place that seems like everything's still relaxed, I would not be too envious of their situation. And I definitely would not get on a plane to go there because things change so quick. And I'm a big believer that any country that has not locked things down yet will very, very soon, if not in the next couple of days, definitely in the next couple of weeks as the pandemic spreads. Uh, this was the case for Mexico as well. I had friends just last week saying, oh yeah, Mexico is great. It's There's so much freedom. Everything's still open. And of course, a few days ago, they lock everything down as well. So I am grateful that wherever we are, we are safe and we have the privilege of being able to work online. And I think this is part of being a digital nomad or being location independent that is so undervalued. I think during good times, it's easy to be jealous of our friends who work back home, maybe for a big company that are earning a six-figure salary and they have the stability of working for a corporation or having a steady paycheck. And we look at our lives of traveling around and thinking, why are we working so hard to make you know, sometimes just enough for us to, to get by or maybe even one or $2,000 a month as a goal for a decent wage online so we can live in places like Thailand or travel to places like India while being really, really successful as someone who you know makes that unicorn number of $100,000 a year online while a lot of friends make that same amount or were making that same amount just working a job in a big city back in the U.S., in, a, in New York or in California or in the U.K. And we often forget or don't really appreciate the benefits of being remote and being able to withstand really anything and to be able to move our business as fast as we can pack our laptops. So that I'm very, very grateful for. And I also know how privileged we are to be in that position as well. Hey, Johnny. Love your show. You've been a huge inspiration to me. My family, my husband and my nine-year-old daughter now, uh, back in 2018, sold it all to travel the world as digital nomads. And we are currently in the retirement city of Sun City West in Arizona in the United States because we came here for a visit in February to stay the month Prior to this visit, we lived in Italy. That was uh, where I was able to get dual citizenship through my family's bloodline. So we accomplished that goal. We were ready to actually settle down for a bit while taking advantage of the passport to travel Europe. Decided to, to, decided to come home to Arizona for a month, and now we are essentially stuck here. But I have to say our timing was fortuitous because at the time it was just starting to get um, bad in Italy with the coronavirus. And, well, now it's pretty much bad everywhere. So it's not bad being here with my parents. The good thing is we have some space. We have a backyard. And so it's actually been really, really great, really pleasant. We have been able to continue working online. I blog and I'm an author. I'm writing books. And my husband, um, he does uh, app design. And again, another fortuitous thing, his client is actually in the telemedicine 
industry. So he has been able to continue working. Our travel plans have changed just that we can't get back to Italy right now. So as soon as things get better in Italy, which will be probably before it gets better in the United States, if it's safe to travel, we will head back there. And I'm hoping it's still sometime this spring. Um, grateful now. I'm, I'm grateful that we're here in the United States for now, because like I said, in, in Italy, we would have been the three of us, um, in a small apartment without a terrace, without much access to the outside. And so in Arizona here, like I said, we have a beautiful yard. We have beautiful weather right now. And I'm just so grateful that nobody in my family is ill and, um, we're working and we're actually just really enjoying our time here. And the self-isolation has, not been a problem for us. So that's where we are in the world. Hey, Kristen, thank you for that update. And I'm glad that you're not stuck in Italy in a tiny apartment and that you do have access to all these outdoors in Arizona. That got me thinking. I am so grateful that I'm staying in an apartment where there's multiple levels of unused space. So, for example, there's a kind of covered rooftop where I've been going to exercise and do some yoga. And I actually just made a pull-up bar. (laughs) I made a video on it on my YouTube channel, uh, Johnny FD where I did literally just took some scraps that I found of rope and some PVC plastic piping, and I made a pull-up bar. And it's been a great way to get outdoors, even though I'm still technically on the property. And even now, I'm in the living room common area that no one else is using because everyone else had already left. Uh, a f- big group of people from Spain, from Barcelona, and the girl that I was quarantined with, that I was traveling with, Daniela, went back to Germany. So I am all alone, but I actually really like it. And who knows, in a week or two, I might go a bit stir-crazy. But as I was describing to a friend today, it's basically like I'm on the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. But I have food, I have water, I have shelter, and I have internet. Life really isn't that bad. Hi, my name is Morgan Daniels, and I live in Virginia Beach, Virginia, the United States, right now. And let's see, number three, curfew and quarantine situation. We are under total lockdown. We can only leave the house to go to the doctor, to the grocery store, and to buy gas. Um, Otherwise, if we get caught um, by the police, we have a misdemeanor on our record. Um, It's pretty rough right now in the U.S. Um, Am I able to work online right now? Sort of, kind of. I can't go into specifics, but um, a lot of my business is temporarily shut down, so I don't have clients. And how have my travel plans changed? Well, I flew into the United States from Brazil in late January because my dad was in the hospital, and then he passed away. And so I stayed longer to kind of tie up loose ends and... My dad's funeral was last week um, in Washington, D.C., because he had some medals of honor. And it's hard. It's hard just sitting in my family home by myself, you know, only child. And I don't have my mom or dad anymore. And there's no family around. So I think that would be 100% the hardest thing. It would be easier for me to be in Brazil, but I can't leave. There's just really a lot of travel bans and... I feel like anywhere that I would go, where would I stay? The hotels, everything's like shutting down. So it's hard. You know, the U.S. is, is rolling things out very slowly because of, the, the, you know, Capitol Hill. We're having a lot of hard times with the Republicans and the Democrats versus the federal government versus the state governments. So I feel like things are getting done at a very slow pace. So 
But what I'm grateful for is that I have money, a lot of money saved, and I can pay the bills, and I have food and people that love me. Hey, Morgan, thanks so much for sharing that, and my condolences for your father passing. Uh, I'm really glad that you're able to go back for his funeral, and sounds like he left you in a good spot, so uh, I'm glad you're healthy and you have a place to stay and that you're loved. You know, you're loved by us, and we are your family. So even though you haven't met the other listeners, they all know you now, and we all love you. So if you ever need anything, we are all here to support you. And I'm really, really glad um, that we have this platform to be able to connect, because even though this has all been voicemails sent in the last 24 hours, I am all alone here as well. (laughs) And it feels like I'm having a conversation with, with each and every one of you. So wherever you guys are that are listening, know that I am talking directly to you because even though there's a mic and there's probably thousands of miles between us, this world is more interconnected than ever. And I'm so grateful for the internet being able to bring all of us together, having things like video chat, podcasts to listen to, even Netflix has really made it so much easier to stay home. And and it might stay like this for a while. I, I really believe that the countries that took the longest to start locking people down are probably going to have to extend it the longest too. And I don't know what's going to happen when the countries that had a head start and start managing the pandemic are going to do about letting people come in and travel there because most likely people are going to bring the virus with them and does it just start all over again you know these are things that we don't know maybe there'll be a vaccine before then uh, but things are changing quickly and i think all of us really the best thing we can do is try to make the most of it right now wherever we are try to be grateful for the things that we do have but also be ready for us to sit out and bunker down for as long as it takes whether it takes two months four six twelve or longer And I'm really, really happy to hear that you do have savings to float you by, even though you're not currently able to earn money working online. I read a statistic that the average American, uh, more than half Americans, don't even have one month of savings. I think it was something like 30% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their emergency funds. And 70% of Americans wouldn't be able to go three months without needing to borrow money or go bankrupt. And... I personally am so grateful that I've always been frugal and I've always liked saving money. And even when everybody was you know, flashing cash and renting you know, these beautiful villas in Bali, buying drones so they could take these beautiful photos, I was always a bit hesitant to do that. I always felt like it was a waste of money. And even with day-to-day spending, you know, I could afford to eat smoothie bowls every day for the rest of my life, but... When I'm in Indonesia or even here in Sri Lanka, and I know that I can either buy some fresh fruit at the local market for you know, $2 that will last me a few days, or I can buy a smoothie bowl at the Instagram-worthy hipster cafe run by Australians for 5 6 7 8 $9, I would much rather buy that pineapple and just go home and cut it myself or buy that papaya and just cut it myself. And sure, I'll have a smoothie bowl once once in a blue moon, but I wonder how many people are in a situation where they had more smoothie bowls and more avo toasts and <laughs> more craft beers than they had put into savings and are in a bad spot now. 
Hey, what's up, Johnny? This is Rainier. I'm currently in Medellin, Colombia, and the current quarantine situation is supposed to last until April 13th. They're trying to get people outside once a week on a system where it depends on the last digits of your identification. Uh, it will correspond with what day you can go outside. I think I may be able to get lucky since I brought my California ID and my passport with different digits. So hopefully that works out. In terms of working online and earning money, I'm lucky to be brokering deals where a lot of buyers have been waiting for some sort of market correction. So a lot of them have built up some sort of war chest and a lot of sellers are just trying to get out quickly in this time to make sure they have enough money to pay for their overhead. In terms of my travel plans, I wanted to go out to Europe for about three or four months. That looks like it's not going to happen, so I will probably end up staying in Latin America for the meantime. In terms of what I'm grateful for, there's a lot that I'm grateful for in terms of family and friends and everyone being healthy. I'm really glad that everyone can communicate in this time. Everyone is really becoming a digital nomad and working away from the office and learning the tools that they can use to work from anywhere, essentially. So I'm glad that's finally changing. In terms of questions for the audience, I want to know where everyone's going to head out to as a backup. I wonder if tickets for flights will go up, and I wonder if people are still going to be traveling as much when this all settles. Let me know what you guys think. Peace. Hey, what's up, Rainier? So I actually hung out with Rainier a few times last year, uh, both in Cancun, Mexico, then played a Carmen for the Nomad Summit conference that was there, and then we met up again in Orange County. County where he, he was living to watch a, a, I think it was a boxing match and eat tacos. And this was just back in December. So, you know, four or five months ago before he went to Thailand, before he came to Sri Lanka and before he went to Colombia. And it's funny that looking back or thinking back, it seems like it was so long ago. Even February seems like it was a year ago. March definitely felt like the longest month I've ever been through in my life. And the crazy thing is the pandemic really only started towards the second half of the month. So I wonder how April is going to feel, if it's going to feel even longer or if there's going to be progress updates and you know, things are going to go and move a lot faster. So Rainier is a commercial broker, a property broker, real estate agent, and it's really cool being able to hear from someone who's able to take a traditionally offline job online and still be able to broker deals and earn a living while being in Colombia and in Medellin, while all his clients, I'm assuming, are in the U.S. or in California. And it's really goes to show that most jobs can be taken remote nowadays and that there's so many possibilities. And I really believe that this pandemic is going to be the and the start of a remote working revolution where it's no longer going to be strange or weird to work remotely or to work from home or how to have a conference call from home. We're seeing TV hosts, news anchors, and even late night show hosts, John Oliver and Stephen Kobeer filming from their homes and <laughs> creating entire shows. I've been watching tech reviewers and newscasters live broadcasting from their living rooms where I can see their home kitchens or their living rooms in the back. And it used to be a shameful thing where we had to hide it. We had to pretend we were in an office or in some fancy building. And we were back home in our, in our home country where our customers are. Now it's so normal to say, where in the world are you? And what time zone are you in? So we can jump on a Zoom call. 
And I really think this is going to bring so many things forward. And when this all ends, I'm really, really hoping that not only are we still connected online, but we can start connecting offline again. I don't know where that's going to be, and I don't know how long this is going to last. But I do know for a fact that once this all clears up, we're going to be so excited to travel again and meet up again. Hi, Johnny. This is Zach Medina, and I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, as far as the quarantine situation and COVID-19, uh, I'm still be, I'm able to leave the house, uh, which is a great thing. Walk the dog, get groceries uh, when I need it. Um, but yes, uh, they're mandating um, to stay inside, but not as bad as uh, some of these closer uh, cities, areas. Um, I've been blessed with being able to uh, still get paid from my full-time job, and I'm utilizing this time as I see uh, more open uh, jobs and clients for uh, remote editors as I do uh, video work. Um, no world travel plan changes um, because mine were more for the summer so this situation should be able to be over soon and um yeah just grateful i'm alive and uh, being able to uh just keep working and moving forward for where god has me um a question for you is uh i mean you're a little bit older than me what kind of things do you see as far as uh what's going to be in the future um i'm noticing a few changes and uh and and laws that have been passed and um and also like stimulus packages and uh grants and loans for businesses um what do you see that that will be a big impact after this is over and uh, also with the uh, stock market and investors uh, thank you so much and hopefully see you soon and see you in Chiang Mai all right see you have a blessed day bye Hey, Zach, thanks so much for that message. It's so cool seeing such a wide range of listeners, not only from all around the world, but also different ages, different ethnicities, different nationalities. It's all all came together so perfectly well. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but I literally just played these in alphabetical order. I didn't pre-listen to everything and you know arrange it perfectly. It just all ended up flowing so well. And I would like to think it, it was my editing genius, but really, it was luck. And I I think that the listeners of this podcast are just amazing people. I mean, all this came together in less than 24 hours. All four corners of the globe, all walks of life really all came together. And I think that's such an amazing and powerful thing that, that we have built here as a Travel Like a Boss community. And if you guys haven't joined the Facebook group, it's called Travel Bosses. There is a thread in there that started all this. It was literally just me asking, where in the world is everyone right now? And what is the situation like? And before I answer Zach's question, I just want to read you some of the comments that are in this group. So if you want to find it, it's Facebook slash group slash travel like a boss, or you can just search for digital nomad travel bosses. I'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. But we've had 105 comments so far in just the last couple of days. And we have Kevin Shi in Hong Kong says it's semi locked down. All the bars are closed. Refill on an alpaca farm. <laughs> now we're outside of Philadelphia. Only necessary businesses are open. Restaurants are doing takeout orders only. 
and she's working as a Grubhub food delivery driver and bringing food to people's houses as a gig just to make some money to, to get through the situation. And that is so cool that we are in an age where with just our phones, we can get an instant part-time job, whether it's teaching English to some you know kid in China or delivering food, delivering an Amazon package. Or even doing things like having a Skype consult if you're a dentist or a doctor or a lawyer and be able to offer advice over the phone. We have Grace, who's in Los Angeles, who's saying she's staying home, but there are idiots going out and gathering a large crowd on the beach still. Supermarkets have put buying limits on key items. Toilet paper is still hard to find. And parents are finding out how hard teaching really is. And I know it's a meme, but I have a theory on how the toilet paper scare started. It was literally someone somewhere in the world saw someone buying a lot of toilet paper and thinking, oh man, I should also buy a lot because if this guy buys it all and I don't have toilet paper, I'm going to be screwed You know, if there's a lockdown. So this other person buys it. And then someone takes a photo of it, puts it on social media. And this is in a country, you know, one side of the world, but because of the internet, it gets spread everywhere. So all of a sudden people in Australia are panic buying toilet paper and buying too much. Then the people in the U.S. are panic buying toilet paper and hoarding it. And it's really a mentality of FOMO, the fear of missing out. And also thinking better you get screwed or the next person gets screwed than me because I don't want to be in a situation where I run out of anything. And it's one scenario to run out of food or water or medicine, but it's so silly to be afraid of running out of toilet paper. Nobody on earth has ever died from running out of toilet paper. Sure, it'll be very inconvenient. You'd have to install a bidet or use water, maybe you know, use a leaf, use a shower. And I'm sure we don't want to think about this because it seems like such a inconvenience for us. But really, that's all it was or it could have been. The worst case scenario is we could have been really inconvenienced. But we forget how many people in the world don't even use toilet paper anyways. I haven't used it in three months since I've been in Sri Lanka. There's a bum gun right next to the toilets. It's like a water hose. And it works so well. And sure, if you want to use a little tiny pa- uh, piece of toilet paper after just to dry off, you can do that as a, as a luxury. I'm usually walking around the house naked anyway, so I just air dry. But here's the thing. There's a stat that says that if everyone in just the country of India started using toilet paper, the world would run out of trees. So before we start judging other people on their so-called barbaric habits or thinking that the luxuries that we have are a necessity, always take a step back and ask yourself, what's the worst that would actually happen? And what would the alternative be? How would I get through this? And at the end of the day, I really don't think the people panic buying toilet paper or anything else are going to starve to death. They're not going to run out of food. The fact is most Americans have two months of food in their pantries in the back of their fridges in some cupboard that they never open without even thinking about it. And it may, it may not be things we want to eat. It might be the can of vegetables that have been in the, <laughs> the cupboard for years now that we haven't touched. But the reality is none of us are going to starve to death in the next two weeks if we can't go to the grocery store or if we can't get the item that we really want. Kevin Tran is in Sydney. He says the beginning shutdown of all non-essential services today, increasing unemployment with lines of people waiting outside to register for government assistance. The online portal couldn't take the demand. Big chain grocery stores applying purchase limits to essential items. Shopping centers and businesses are empty. Restaurants can only do takeout. Gyms are forced to close. Schools surprisingly still open, but for only for those who cannot keep their kids at home. And it sounds like a lot of schools around the world are closing because... It is a very easy way to spread the virus if one kid gets it. 
all 30 or 40 kids in that small room and the teacher would probably get it as well. And we forget that it's the young kids and people normally over 70 who are most susceptible to having it be fatal. So we really have to be careful for them. I am, however, really, really glad that grocery stores are starting to have limits on bulk purchases and hoarding. I think that should always just be the case. I don't think stores in general should allow people to clean out their inventory of any one item, whether it's somebody buying all the hand sanitizer at every store within a 30-mile radius and then selling it for 10 times the price on Amazon or someone hoarding too many items of things that they don't need for themselves. I'm here in Sri Lanka and luckily there isn't that problem. People just buy what they actually need. And ironically, the only grocery store out of the three grocery stores and all the different markets and shops that put a sign up that says three item limit was the one that all the tourists go to. So Martin Neer says Dallas, Texas, and he's thinking his business investing goals for the year. Airbnbs have taken a beating and hemorrhaging money month to month for foreseeable future. While in lockdown, in theory here, there's still quite a few cars passing. All restaurants are closed or takeaway only. And the only restaurant that has decent business is a local Tex-Mex restaurant who put up a giant inflatable man and 20 plus signs saying drive through all down the street. They're taking orders from people's cars at the sidewalk, even though it's not a real drive through. That is so smart. And I'm really, really glad that businesses are figuring out ways to get by and, and continue either you know delivering, using apps, using Facebook or even their own services. And recently I actually learned why a lot of businesses don't like apps like Uber Eats or Food Panda, Grab Taxi or Grab in Asia. It's because a lot of them take a huge chunk of fees, up to 25%. So a lot of local restaurants have actually hired their own delivery drivers and have just been delivering food through WhatsApp or through Facebook Messenger. And it's actually worked pretty well. As far as Airbnb and the situation now with the travel ban, meaning a lot of people had to cancel plans, including myself. I had an Airbnb booked in Eastern Europe for six weeks that luckily got canceled with a full refund. And it was funny seeing all the anger by Airbnb hosts that Airbnb allowed people to cancel without fees. And some said that Airbnb was stealing money because the, the bookings were somehow guaranteed because of the super strict cancel cancellation policies, but I think this is a wake-up call for Airbnb hosts that they've had their lives too easy for the last couple of years. The fact that the default option or the most common option for Airbnb bookings is a super strict policy where people basically get no money back if they end up canceling a few days or a week before they show up. And on long-term bookings, so monthly bookings, we lose the whole month. And that is insane. If I book an apartment for two weeks from today for a month and tomorrow morning I wake up and I realize I can't go or something changes, it is insane that I'm expected to pay for one month of rent by canceling. And this is Airbnb's current policy, which I think needs a change. I think it's a ridiculous policy. And the only reason why we put up with it so far is because first, no one reads the fine print. So usually it doesn't end up applying anyways. And when it does, it's a small minority of people that don't have a big voice, but also because there's no alternatives. There's no other booking platforms that allow us to book furnished apartments month to month in different cities in English or online. So I really hope that either a competitor pops up that focuses just on month to month rentals without an insane cancellation policy, you know, maybe something fair based on how many days or weeks notice you give someone or how long it's it's been planned for. But the fact is, if I plan a month 
booking four months from now and I give the person three months notice that I am not coming, it is ridiculous that Airbnb or the host would expect me to pay for an entire month because in three months they can easily rebook the place again. So Airbnb, <clears throat> if you're listening to this, shame on you for sticking that bias for all this time. However, big thank you for doing the right thing and allowing the people to cancel because the fact is, even though it sucks to lose that potential income as a host, just because someone books a place doesn't mean you should start counting that as earned income already. It's like counting your eggs before they hatch. And sure, in the last couple of years, once someone booked it and you knew that money was going to be guaranteed because of the super strict cancellation policy, you could have counted the chickens before they hatched. But this situation really shows, hey, if someone physically cannot go to your country or stay in your place and they give you a few weeks notice or even a month's notice, they've never slept in your bed, they've never used your electricity, never never sat on your couch, never used the service, <clears throat> they really should not be expected to pay for the entire service. And I would have been okay if Airbnb charged a small cancellation fee for it or gave that back as a credit. <clears throat> But I think they did the right thing by giving everyone a 100% refund in cash because a lot of people need the money right now. And at the end of the day, it's keeping people a happy Airbnb customer, which in turn means the hosts, once this whole pandemic ends, are going to continue getting bookings because people are going to be happy with Airbnb and the way they're treated versus if they were all screwed now, if everybody got screwed by Airbnb, I guarantee either a competitor would pop up or people would start using a different service. So the host would either end up losing some future unearned income now or they would end up losing business forever this is also a good reminder not to over leverage yourself and if you have a bunch of airbnb properties and you're just counting on them to cash flow to pay the rent or the mortgage you're just hoping and praying that everything keeps going well this is the same situation as in 2008 with the housing market there were so many people who bought houses they couldn't afford multiple houses they couldn't afford just because they were hoping or expecting either renters or equity to keep growing and, and for it to pay off all the mortgages. And I know that's not going to happen. I actually had a friend who asked if I wanted to invest with him in an Airbnb in Vegas. And if he had just been renting the houses and we can break even within two or three months, like my buddy David Wu does, and everything after that is profit, I would have been okay with it. I would have been happy to do that. But he was actually buying the houses and then using the Airbnb income to pay the mortgage every month. And I really hope that he ends up doing okay but i'm gonna assume with the loss of a business right now it's really gonna hurt it's really gonna suffer so i don't know how many airbnb hosts are gonna stay afloat during this time especially if they had over leveraged themselves so we have a member of the group that's in Moscat, Oman. And he said, it's a great place to be. He says, great friends, amazing culture, cuisine, fascinating landscape, and a high standard with infrastructure so I hope all that continues, Chris. Andrew is in Rio in Brazil, and he says the convention center is being converted into a hospital. They're prepping for a wild ride. It's growing at 30 or 50% a day. John Alexander is in Granada, Spain. He says the whole country has been a mandatory quarantine, basically house arrest since March 14th. Police and National Guards are patrolling the street day and night, issuing huge fines for anyone caught outside. But what's nice is every night at 8 p.m. sharp, everybody comes on their balcony to cheer loudly and praise healthcare workers, first responders, etc. We're all bored as F, but we'll get through this and everybody supports the temporary sacrifice. 
We have Alison Long, who's in Australia. She lives in a little tourist town, and she says she has no more income. The whole town lost their jobs yesterday as the restaurants, bars, hotels are all forced to close. Really sorry about that, Alison. Tony's in Liverpool, UK. He says shelves are empty. People are panic buying. And Manish is in Bangalore, India. He says total lockdown here until the 14th of April. So, wow. Depending on where you guys are and what day you listen to this podcast, things have changed a lot. And I think things are going to change really, really quickly, including the stock market. I woke up one day and there was a 30% drop, which is the biggest drop that they've seen in that short of a period since... 1929, the Great Depression, as a change uh, in one day. And it's been a complicated subject, which is why we made a lot of content about it on the other podcasts, Invest Like a Boss. You can take a listen to the latest couple episodes for updates on both coronavirus. We had on John McAfee, uh, yeah, the guy who was wanted for murder and ran for president, uh, to talk about a special COVID-19 episode. Uh, and on my YouTube channel, you can search for Johnny FD. I talked a lot about investing in index funds and individual stocks during this time. And I wrote a mega blog post on johnnyfd.com, sharing with friends and family how to start investing if they want to, because I've had a lot of friends asking me investment advice on if they should be buying stocks right now, if they should be selling, if they should be holding, what they should do. So definitely check that out. And I think that's a wrap. It's been a really, really great episode. It's been great hearing from all of you. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you want to send in a voice memo, just use your phone's voice record app and send it as an attachment to media at johnnyfd.com. If we can collect enough of these voice memos or if things significantly change in the next couple of weeks, maybe we'll do a part two of this because I think this COVID-19 crisis is not going to be ending anytime soon. And I think it's really nice to hear from people in all different situations and know that we're not alone. So I love all of you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sending in uh, all these voice clips. And I hope that you are healthy, that you're safe and you're happy wherever you are. And I hope that you're grateful because I think one thing that we learned from today is we are really, really lucky. There are so many people in much worse situations than we're in and that this might be the easiest worldwide crisis we've ever been through. We literally have internet, we have food delivery apps, and we have YouTube. So... Without that, it'd be, it'd be much worse. So thanks again. And if you like this episode and you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to it. And if you want to help spread the word, tell a friend, take a screenshot, tell your friends about this episode as well as the podcast. If you really want to help spread the word and get the Travel Like a Boss podcast into the ears of as many people as you can, as possible, leave a review. Go on iTunes or if you're listening on your phone, click your podcast app to see if there's a way to review there. Give us a five-star review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends why you like it. And hopefully we'll talk to you all the next few weeks. Take care. This week, I would like to thank JTrez26, who left a review saying, Five stars, informative and motivating. Love this podcast. I really enjoy the, all the hosts and the guests. They always have such interesting conversations and information about traveling, cultures, and living a more fulfilling life. Highly recommended. Thanks so much, JTrez, and thank all of you for leaving a review as well. See all of you next week. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.